0: here at the halfway aircast have to give you the definitive answer to help you
1: and that's that's going to start being our slogan is the that definitive we, yeah that we only give definitive answers <laughs> yes so <laughs> here we go <laughs> welcome everybody to the halfway there cast with Tyler and Eric I hope we still have plenty of listeners this week after Eric's conspiracy theories last week hope all is well with everyone today Eric how you doing today brother
0: <laughs> well I've not lost any friends that I know of from last <laughs> week but I do um, do have some good news what's that The Olympics are coming up next year in 2024. Okay, and then in twenty twenty eight, the Olympics are going to be in California. Got got the news that they've added a new event, a couple of new events. One of them is flag football. Oh wow! And the other is squash, which is <laughs> almost just like racquetball, except with oh. the different different shaped paddle.
1: Oh, okay, and
0: isn't the ball? It's a little bit different as,
1: size. Not yeah, as, not as
0: bouncy. So, yeah, well, I know it's a little bit smaller, I think. Yeah, I think it's a little more squishy. So hmm. I'm thinking we get the band back together, me and you, and we could make the Olympics, like in the senior division or something, 2028? <laughs> well,
1: we, I mean, that's a, a real possibility, maybe. So let me see. That's how many years. We're, that, we're gi- that gives us five years of training. Well, you did better on your math this week. <laughs>
0: Well, I was going forward instead of backward with the years. It's <laughs> yeah. a little bit easier for yeah. me. So five years,
1: forty—I'll be forty-six. Yeah, yep. I, I think I'm still good. Yeah, I think I'm still good. Well, there we go. We have we a, can we can do it. We have a vision. We have a goal. Now we just need to execute it.
0: <laughs> it it would be fun to do. Yeah, f- yeah.
1: So this is our first halfway there cast special edition. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is yes it is (laughs) we do have one topic that has nothing to do with halloween but the rest of our topics we will be discussing halloween themed
0: topics yes and we want to just talk about some things regarding halloween and scary stuff just to give you some ways to think about it or to think through it for yourself so uh, looking forward to some good conversation yeah, so, but let's first, let's get this other topic out of the way first
1: that has nothing to do with Halloween, no. no. nonetheless, it is pretty comical. Joe Rogan says on his podcast, the Joe Rogan podcast, is that what it's called?
0: Either that or the Joe Rogan show, I, I can't remember, okay. it's, pro- it's probably podcast, yeah. Yeah, I've actually, actually,
1: when you said that, I thought you were right by saying the Joe Rogan show. Yeah. <laughs> We changed each other's mind. (laughs) On Joe Rogan's podcast, he says that he wears a fanny pack for
0: convenience. Yeah, Eric. Now, yeah. Would you do that? If I could find one big enough to go (laughs) around my fanny, I I guess (laughs) is the way to say. No, it's a. I guess we need to set it up even more for maybe somebody that doesn't know who Joe Rogan is. He's um, he's a muscular kind of guy. He's a he's a fighter. He's what what is it that he's over? Which fighting thing?
1: He's UFC announcer.
0: Okay, yeah, and he used to do Fear Factor. Okay, yeah, that that's when he had a little bit of hair. Yeah. But yeah, he, uh, so he's the kind of guy that's just, you know, kind of a a manly kind of guy and, but he proudly and very often wears a fanny pack, which is one of those things you just strap around. You usually has kind of like the, the snap thing goes in the back and in the, in the front, you have a little pouch, kind of like a kangaroo, I guess it's zippered. Yeah. You can carry stuff in it. Don't have to worry about it weighing down your pockets. I have worn a fanny pack before in my youth, in my youth. Well, first of all, fanny packs are coming
1: back. They're back. I didn't know that. It's a thing now because my 11 year old daughter who tries to be stylish wore one a little bit Uh last year. Huh? But here's the real story. Okay. I think it was two years ago. I decided I was going to get real serious about walking my dog. And so I went and I walked him the first time. And, you know, when you walk a dog, there are several things you have to have. You have to have treats for when he's a good boy. You have to have something to pick up his droppings with when he drops in people's yards. Okay. (laughs) So you have to have a place to store all those items. So. I mean, I was walking like in you know, ball shorts or something like that, and I thought, well, I need to order me a fanny pack, and I did. And so when so I so you currently own a fanny pack? It's a Nike. Okay, it's a Nike one. It's black and it's Nike. Like that makes it better. Okay. Well, and yes, I do. Now I I don't walk the dog much anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but for the season that i was walking the dog i i put on my fanny pack every day it wasn't noticeable it's it's uh sleek i guess you would say mm-hmm. and i would strap it up there in the back fill it full of dog treats and uh bags to you know and uh, go out and walk the dog
0: now how did you wear it were you one that wore it like if I wore it, it would have to be right in front centered on me. Like, did you kind of push it to the side and try to be a little sty- stylish with it? Or how did you yeah, do it? I
1: think, I think I did. I think I wore it on my right hip. I think where it was. But now listen, the girls in them today, like with my daughter last year, maybe it was last year, they would wear them like a, like a seatbelt, almost like a seatbelt right over their <laughs> shoulder. I don't know if that's so everyone can see it or what that purpose is necessarily, yeah. but unless, and I guess, you know, I was thinking about this when you, you shot that topic at me, you know, I guess the reason that I don't wear a fanny pack every day of my life is I wear pants with pockets. Yeah. I put things in my pockets. Maybe Joe Rogan doesn't.
0: Maybe I have, you know, I I have pockets like normal, but I also have Tyrannosaurus Rex. Sized arms. So when I go to reach in my pocket, I have to lean one side or the other to get way down in the pocket. Okay. Because I have short arms. But uh, so a fanny pack may actually serve me a little better.
1: It, it may benefit you really well.
0: It may. I could keep my keys in it, a pocket New Testament. You could keep a pocket New Testament. In. And, uh, and a zero bar. I like zero yeah, bars. You
1: could. You could. Yeah. Is that the white ones? The yes. Zino- I love those two. Nutmeg. Yeah. And white. yeah.
0: yeah, They're good.
1: They are. Well, yeah. How would your, what were your kids think
0: about you wearing a fanny pack? <laughs> well, I I don't know. I, I'm one of the least stylish people. Yeah. I, I am. I am in a Def Leppard t-shirt right now, by the so way. Yeah, That's, it's pretty sharp. Yeah. It's uh, about as stylish as I get, but. I would be the kind of person now that I kind of know that, that that's what people are wearing for style. You'd reject it. I would probably re- reject it. I, I, al- I don't.
1: You've always been like that.
0: Yeah. I've n- never reject what is stylish. I remember one time I still remember this. It was in a uh, freshman year. I decided I was going to be stylish one day uh-huh. and I wore a plaid button up shirt to okay. school. Yeah. Uh, you know what you said to me? What? Oh no! What did I say? You said, "Hey, GQ." Oh wow! There we go. <laughs> I noticed. <laughs> so so. Ever since then, I just will forget it.
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had such an impact at a young well, age. Well, well. Um, well, let me just. Here's my question about this situation. Let's say you're walking down the road and you see Joe Rogan on the other side of the road with his fanny pack on. Yeah. I think I've seen videos of Joe Rogan, like kick and and apparently he's like world renowned for the strength that he can kick. Hmm. I do a karate kick.
0: Yeah. Would you laugh at him? No, he, he's not the kind of guy I would laugh at. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: Just salute him. Just, <laughs> salute, yes. Salute. salute. Yep.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, well all maybe right.
1: Maybe you can try out a fanny pack and let us know what you think about it.
0: Maybe so. If anybody would like to send in a fanny pack to the Halfway There cast, uh, you can just send us a direct message um, on okay. Facebook, and we would gladly try one out and let, let you know what we think about it.
1: Yeah. We'll would, we would put pictures of you wearing yeah. it up there for people. We would. Yeah, I bet you end up getting one. Uh, (laughs) i do remember when they were big though like was was that the 80s 90s yeah it was late 80s because i I was
0: young when i had one
1: yeah and i I think really where they they caught a lot of traction was with middle-aged women like i think natasha always tells a story that every time they went on a vacation her mom and dad both wore one to carry things in
0: yeah, well, well, that's where I remember wearing mine too. Like when we took a vacation as a yeah. family to the beach, I remember being on the beach in my fanny pack. Were you just <laughs> on the beach there with your swim trunks and fanny pack? I I probably had dad shoes on and everything else. I I don't know. I just that, that's just how I rolled. Well, okay. <laughs> I actually don't remember. I just I remember being on the beach with the fanny pack. Well, there goes lawyer jumping in with the <laughs> fanny pack on. <laughs> it it was probably a a a waterproof buoyant thing or something that would (laughs) make me float i I don't know
1: oh man oh that was fun it was fun talking about that all right well let's get into it halfway there cast halloween edition All right, there's our Halloween music. All right, we want to tackle three different things. Of course, two of them (laughs) being more serious than the other. The first thing, the first question we want to wrestle with is Should Christians watch horror movies? Now, I have a little bit of a caveat with this. I've never really liked horror movies my whole life. Okay. Not a big fan. Just never was, but I still think I can wrestle with this question. Did you like horror horror movies when you were younger?
0: Yeah, that, that's what I was going to say. I actually liked them a lot. Yeah, I thought um, you did. Yeah, I liked. Uh, I remember watching the Friday the Thirteenth, Nightmare on Elm Street, and you know, as we got older, the Scream movies and yeah. things, things I think, like that. I, I think
1: my. Uh, some of the only experiences I have watching horror movies were with you.
0: Maybe. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. I, I will say I enjoyed it then a, as an adult, a saved adult. I've I've wanted to watch, but I've I've just not been able to do it for for various reasons. Yeah. Not something I I can get into anymore.
1: Yeah, oh well, really one of the big problems I think with that genre of movies is the horror part of the movie is not always the thing that will keep Christians from watching that kind of movie. Is that kind of in your experience?
0: Yeah. And that's and I didn't realize it when I was younger and unsaved, but if you turn one on now, it's just immediately promiscuity and you know, language, I mean just terrible. Yeah. And if it were just the horror part or just telling a scary story or something like that, I, I could probably watch it and mm-hmm. maybe even like it. But where it comes with all the other stuff, just can't, just can't get into it.
1: Yeah. And that's, I think that's the big problem. And that's the caution that I would throw towards people is, and, you know, I don't, I don't want to get outside of, you know, what we're talking about here, but, we have to be very careful as Christians of what we're putting in as far as what we're listening to, what we're seeing with our eyes and be sure we're not causing ourselves to sin by simply what we're looking at and what we're hearing.
0: Yep. Just like we would sing as children, which I I sang it. I don't know if you did, but you know, a little church song, Oh, be careful. Little eyes, what you see. I never sang it. You never sang that. I didn't grow up church really, but you would do. Interpretive I mean, movements to Alabama think, songs. You think church. when
1: I, you think when I was 17 going to church with you, we were singing that song?
0: <laughs> well, I thought surely if you were doing interpretive drum movements and things like that to Conway Twitty in, in your church that you'd surely sing that song.
1: I, I skipped the early, early years and graduated oh, okay. straight,
0: straight until we were doing interpretive movements oh, to, okay.
1: Garth, to Garth Brooks. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>
0: But yeah, that's true though. We got to be careful what you think about, you got to be careful what you hear, what you see, and that's essentially what Philippians 4 says, you know, we're supposed to whatever is true, honorable, worthy, uh, think on these things. Yeah. And so, and so basically what you put in is what's going to be in you. Right. And so so we got to be careful about, about what we see and what we allow.
1: Yeah, but let's 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 move past that. Let's uh, let's just you know move past those things. We understand those things are important, and we understand that you know language and uh, things our eyes shouldn't see should always keep us from watching certain things. But let's just talk about the horror part of the movie. And I almost think you have to classify that almost in two different. You have to make two a distinction. Because I think you have two types of things. You have a story that can scare you, and then you have a gruesome hatchet type yeah. chainsaw massacre story. And I think th- those are. T- I don't think we can put those things in the same class. Do you?
0: That, do I mean, you? That, well, that's that's basically a lot of horror movies. That's that's what it is. It, it's one. Or the other it's it's either killing somebody or it's trying to scare you or something like that right. I, I would kind of i would kind of define most horror movies are, are fictional at least fictionalized even yeah. if it's based on a historical event but it's designed with the intention to 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 scare you or to make you uneasy yeah and, and that would be different and i kind of think of have you seen the Passion of the Christ? Yeah, movie. I mean,
1: yeah, I remember watching
0: that. I mean, in some way, that that's not a horror movie, but that that was a movie designed to make people see the yeah the horrible part of of what happened and things like that, and just really mm-hmm. be a, a graphic image in your head. Yeah, I, I wouldn't classify that as a horror movie. Horror movie usually has a darker side or, or twist to it, but I don't know what. So, so you would kind of split those into two different camps. Well, the way I you think look at it, so
1: because like you have a movie like, let me think. Like I said, I, I haven't seen a lot of horror movie. Of course, you have like the Friday the Thirteenth and the Jason movies, and I mean those things are are pretty graphic, right?
0: Yeah, there is just uh, okay. a lot of a lot of killing, and, a lot um, of blood
1: and guts, man. Yeah. Well, then you, <laughs> then you have a movie like the Sixth Sense. Yeah, I mean, I'm having to reach because, like I said, I haven't seen it. And now uh, uh, that's not really. a. Is that a graphic movie?
0: I, I don't think so. It, it was more of a kind of plays with your mind kind of a thing yeah. M- so, More
1: sus- suspense. OK, so I guess maybe that's what I'm. Uh, the difference that I'm seeing is you have horror movies and you have suspenseful movies. OK, yeah. does, that, does that make yeah. a little more sense?
0: Yeah, I, I could see that distinction. OK, did
1: we go see the movie Signs together? I, I don't
0: remember that movie, so I, I don't know. I guess that's a no. I, what What was it about? Jog my memory here.
1: Signs in cornfields. It was M M Night Shalamaman, or whatever his name is.
0: <laughs> I thought we did, but
1: maybe we didn't.
0: I, I definitely remember a lot of corn stuff. We, we have corn field issues. I know <laughs> we do. We saw corn in concert one time. We did see
1: corn in concert one time. So there's a lot of corn in our lives.
0: It ha- have you heard the corn song, by the way? I know it's off topic. New one? No, I mean what? not the band, but it's a s it's a song about the, the vegetable corn. No. It's uh it's something that the kids like listening to the last couple of years. It's uh
1: it's pretty funny. <laughs> okay, I'll have to check it out.
0: It's uh well When I was teaching in public school last year, uh, kids got to pick a song for uh, (laughs) opening assembly, and they blasted that one morning. I hadn't heard it; it was just uh, kind of kind of got to me.
1: (laughs) Okay, well, I'll have to check
0: that out. Yeah, may 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 have to play a clip of it. Totally off topic, but you know, it's worth talking about.
1: So okay, let's let's recalibrate here. Corn, corn maze, signs, M. Night Shyamalan, 6 cents, suspenseful movies, horror movies. Well, okay. We we actually sat down and watched Okay, uh, I'm going to say a horror movie, it wasn't scary. Disney's Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Not too long ago, the Eddie Murphy the, the old one. Yeah. And I mean, my wife, who's almost who's thirty nine, was hiding under the cover because she was so scared of the Disney cartoonish movie. (laughs) But it was a suspenseful movie, yeah. And that's kind of what it was.
0: So that, yeah, that maybe that's kind of the distinction I need to think about because I I I like the suspenseful stuff and where you have to think about things, yeah. You're kind of on the edge of your seat. Yeah. I, I like yeah, that. And
1: it's kind of your heart rate's pumping a little bit, but you don't have to worry about Freddy coming out and hacking somebody. Yeah. Or, he don't hack, does he? Uh,
0: I think he just slices you to death. Maybe not the claw. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the claw. What was that on? The, the claw. claw. <laughs> wasn't that? That was like a Jim Carrey movie or wasn't it? That was something. Remember? The Claw.
1: Yeah, I remember it, but I don't know.
0: Oh, man. Okay. Listeners, tell us us what that's from. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was like a dad and a son, and he was playing with the son. He's like, oh, the Claw. Oh, yeah, he did this.
1: Nobody can see me, but it's like, The Claw.
0: Yeah, yeah. It was Robin Williams.
1: Was it Mrs. Doubtfire? I don't know. Which, that's another movie that, like... I was think I watched it a hundred times when I was young, and I thought, I, as Natasha, I was like, we can't watch Mrs. Doubtfire, can we? I know. Never, N- never did, did register. Dresses like a woman the whole time. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> anyway, what were you going to say? We're really all over the place right now.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it, it's really uh, spurring a lot of good conversation yeah. here. I, all right. So I was kind of thinking along the lines of can horror movies things like that can they is there any redemptive quality to them
1: right because that's and, what we want to do yeah we can redeem things we want to redeem them
0: and I, I didn't know about it till today i've never seen it but i'm kind of interested to see it but the, the movie the conjuring have you heard of that well, It not like so scary well uh, apparently it's by a couple of brothers, the Hayes brothers who are are at least maybe saying that they're Christian. They were raised Baptist and what they are wanting to do with that movie that they said, there's no violence. There's none of that stuff. No swearing, no, no cuss words throughout the whole movie. It's just with the story that's being told and, and what they said they wanted to do with that movie is have a redemptive quality about it and show, how good triumphs over evil at the right. end. So I, I've never seen that movie, but after reading about that and why they did what they did, I'm kind of interested to, to find out more about that. I don't well, know if you'd ever seen that or not. No, I haven't.
1: I'm going to make my wife sit down and watch it with me.
0: Though.
1: <laughs> she hates scary movies. She don't like to be scared at all, but well, uh, that's, that brings up a good thing because And again, we're going to I'm going to talk a little broader than just horror movies, but any story, any movie, any book, the quality as Christians that we want to look for is that redemptive quality. And and, uh, the best stories are actually a mirror of the Bible. You have fall creation, fall redemption is what you have. Yep. And, you know, you go back to the older Disney movies. And some of the best, you know, I mean, I think we have to admit some of those movies are some of the best stories that, that were told. And, and that's what you saw. You saw creation fall redemption. And, you know, you had the Cinderella poor stepsister gets the slipper, goes to the ball, the Prince sees her, she loses that the wish runs out or whatever the, however the story goes. Then he comes back and finds her. They live happily ever after. Yes. Story of redemption. And as Christians, those are the things we should look for in art, cinema, things like that.
0: Yeah. And I don't know for anybody listening, if you've ever really thought about things in that way, but that's, that's what we crave. We want deliverance. We want rescue somehow. The problem is we look for it in the wrong places a lot of times. We know that the way things are aren't the way they should be. And we, we try to find ways out. We try to find paths of happiness. And one of the reasons, like you're saying, we enjoy movies is because it shows that story. There there's some sort of conflict. There's some sort of issue and then there's a hero that comes along. There's some sort of resolution and ultimately, that points back to to Christ. Right. I mean, they they may not be meaning to, but in a that's what makes a good story because it's a reflection of what what actually is and what Christ has done for us. Yeah,
1: and I, I'm going to use a movie series to give us an illustration on that, and it's not horror, but but I, I can do that. And it, it was the early Marvel movies. I don't watch them anymore because they've kind of gone crazy but in the early Avengers movies, you had the two big ones uh, was Endgame game and infinity wars and Endgame, game. And the marketing of it is actually genius that at the end of infinity war, they left you on a cliffhanger where the bad guy had won. And that's why everybody wanted to see the next one, because everybody wants to see the story of the good guy beating the bad guy redemption. Yeah. And They played the movie out for three hours to get to it, but they eventually did it. And there you have the two largest grossing movies that were ever made because they fit that picture so perfectly.
0: Yeah. And we're not satisfied if, if evil wins or if if the bad guy wins like we, if you'll notice how you feel during those times of the movies, you don't feel settled. You don't feel satisfied because you're longing for that to be resolved, and that's just that's a reflection of of Christ,
1: yeah, and I'll never forget we actually took my son we we took a little uh as he was going into manhood, we took a little pilgrimage or <laughs> i don't know really what to call it, but a little getaway where we talked through things, and we went to Louisville and we went to the Louisville Slugger Museum stayed in a hotel, and he wanted to go see that movie, so we went to the the nicest theater in Louisville, I forget it was like called the extreme zone or something crazy I mean they had like beds you laid in almost and we went and saw the first one where the bad guy won and I'll never forget after the movie looking at him and him just being like just flabbergasted because that's not the way the story was supposed to end and he was f- frustrated with it for a, for a few hours because he's just like that's not what, what's supposed to happen the good guy wins. Yeah, And, you know, I was kind of in the back of my mind chuckling because I was thinking, yes, the good guy does win in the great story. Christ is victorious over darkness.
0: Yep. So that's that's a key. If you're using your I I guess I'll say Christian liberty to decide if you're going to watch horror movies or not, I mean. Anything look for that redemptive quality, but at the same time, don't, don't put filth into your head. I mean, stay away from that if, if at all possible. There, there's no, no reason for that, but in all things, look for that redemptive quality. And I, I may have to check that the conjuring out and ch- check it out a little more and see, see about it here.
1: Yeah. I'm going to read about it before I watch it. But I may I may check it out too.
0: I Wikipedia'd it, oh, Wikipedia'd okay. it, and yeah, and it's I guess it's based on some historical events. And what so. what
1: what's it about?
0: Is it like an exorcism type? I think it's something like that. Okay. From I just kind of glanced over, it, but it seemed like there was some sort of possessed okay. doll or something. Oh, okay, <laughs> what uh,
1: I don't know how much <laughs>
0: By the way, there's nothing that I've ever seen in a horror movie that has ever freaked me out more than seeing a, a little girl or twin girls in a little white dress or something down a hallway or something like in The Shining, uh, which I, I think they were in blue dresses there. Yeah. But that's when you see that it's like, oh,
1: I have a hilarious story really quick and she's going to kill me so that you now you know, it's not about me when me and my wife were dating and i don't know if i had just became a christian or if i wasn't yet i don't really know but the movie the ring you remember that movie oh i remember that well okay <laughs> well it the the scary character was that little girl that came out of the tv remember that yeah. Yeah. the the last haunted house that we went to and I, like we were early early like maybe 20 uh, 2021 20, and we went to a big it was a corn maze, haunted corn maze in a <laughs> little town, of course. And we went up on a, like a bus and my wife, once you get on the bus, of course, somebody runs you up on the bus and you run to the back. And when we ran to the back, that ring, a little girl in the ring outfit started crawling towards us. I don't know that my wife's ever been so scared in her life. It really terrified her still to this day. She talks about it.
0: Well, I would say so. Now now that was the one also where you would get a phone call or something before something bad would happen. Yeah. Okay. So I'm pretty sure I saw that one with our friend Scott. Okay. And we came out to the car after it was over and I had a track phone. You remember (laughs) those track phones? Oh, yeah. Just in my back seat. That was that was back when you just didn't get a and then you just had had a phone for an emergency. Yeah. Sat in the car, and that thing started ringing, and me and Scott we started screaming like <laughs> like, like, like little girls when that happened. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. All right. Wow. A lot.
1: Of, I think we did. I think we did well with that. I think we gave a good answer there. I'm proud yeah. of us. Well, let me see if you got an answer for this one one in six Americans believe their house is haunted. <laughs> what do you think about that?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I saw that article the other day, and I i don't know. I, I would say that's reasonable, probably, that one out of every six people would probably say, hey, I've at least got something weird going on in my house, or I've seen something, or a yeah. book fell off the shelf, and I don't know how it happened kind of a thing. Right. I've heard a noise before. You know. Yeah.
1: So I don't know, though. I mean, I don't really believe
0: in haunts. No, I I do believe. You know, I, I don't believe in ghosts and things like that. No, because I'm afraid when, of no ghost. <laughs> but but uh, I do believe in evil spirits. Yeah, fallen, fallen angels and yeah. demonic w- warfare and things. So So I'm one that thinks that. If there is any sort of ghost type thing that people think, paranormal or, or whatever, if it's anything, it's it's, it's a, a demonic spirit or or something like that if it's anything at all and we do have to deal with that kind of warfare in the world.
1: Yeah, we do. and it's again we we talked on angels. I don't remember if it was the last podcast or the one before I think it was the one before. And, again, demonic activity, much like theology of angels, is something that a lot of Christians don't know about, I guess. And so we, we don't think about it much. And I don't know that we really believe, maybe that's the best way to put it, that we truly are in a spiritual battle.
0: Yeah, and the Bible tells us specifically that we are. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against... Mm. Uh, I, I've forgotten how it's worded against principalities and, and
1: powers. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, that's ultimately, that's what it goes back to. Everything's a spiritual battle. And mm-hmm. a lot of people talk about, you know, the devil's after me, the devil did this to me or that. Well, the devil's not omnipresent. The devil's in no. one place at a time. He he is prowling on the earth, looking for someone to devour, but at the same time there is demonic activity there are plenty of fallen angels and demons I mean you see that throughout the new testament yeah uh, and Jesus casting demons out and things like that so it is it is a real thing for sure
1: yeah do you think that that souls chapel cemetery was haunted uh, what is that okay well you should remember souls chapel cemetery that is one where Scott did his Eagle Scout stuff. Two, okay. I, I
0: thought it was a Methodist church. Well, I think there is, there
1: was a church there. That's why it's chapel, souls chapel. Oh, okay. Uh, there's a chapel there and it may have been a Methodist church. I don't know. But two, that was supposedly a haunted place in town. Huh. I don't I, know. Yeah. I, I don't remember I don't about that. Either. Well, let me ask you this. What about the time you and Allie Mahanka played with the Ouija board?
0: And what you they, and, and you
1: and me. <laughs> did there did some did
0: some haunts show up there? Do you remember doing that? Uh, vaguely, yes. I I vaguely remember it. That that's the one and only time I've ever fooled with one of those. And, and I didn't I mean we were I don't know. Seventh disc- eighth, eighth grade, eighth
1: grade. I think it was Allie's idea.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Well, at least say it was.
0: <laughs> it, it was at your house, though. I believe. Well, my my mom probably had one then. <laughs> well, but yeah, it was one of those. Th- and I'm not, um, I'm not saying go out and play with no, one no, at no, all. So. But, uh, but yeah, I remember we asked it a, a question. I don't remember the specific question, and that thing started moving around, and we were like. Hey, wouldn't it be crazy if it said, and and we, we said, you know, gave an example of something it could say, well, that's, that's exactly what it started moving toward. Yeah. And it it was pretty freaky. it it probably
1: doesn't help that when Milton Bradley designed that, that they put felt on the bottom of the tip. So if you put pressure on it, it's going to go places and then our mind is already thinking of something and it is directing our hands towards whatever we're thinking about.
0: Yeah. But directing all three of us at the same time. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of freaky, you know, kind okay. of freaky now <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to this day. I get the shivers thinking about it. Do you really? Well, I mean, it's, it's a little, little freaky, a little strange. Yeah. So we're a, uh, you know what? What is the danger in in doing stuff like that? Is is that a harmless thing to do? You know, just like playing Monopoly, or what? What do you think? No, I don't.
1: I don't think it's a good thing to do. You know, the Ford family's only going to play Monopoly. We're not going to bust out the Ouija board. And by the way, I'm I'm very good at Monopoly. That's my game. <laughs> uh, I always tell my family if I played life like I play Monopoly, I'd be a very wealthy man, but. <laughs> Nonetheless. But but no, I, I don't think we should do those things. I, I think that uh, here's here's the stress with this whole episode. We don't want to come off legalistic. Right. Right. It's kind of a very fine line to walk here. And and we're trying to walk that line between Christian liberty and legalism.
0: While at the same time Recognizing that there are real and genuine dangers associated with some of this stuff.
1: Absolutely. And so, uh, especially with those Ouija boards, you're so what you're doing when you play with one of those, you're asking a spirit ultimately to, I don't know, entertain you. Would that be a good way to describe that?
0: Yeah. Basically, kind of like a, a magic eight ball in some <laughs> ways. Yeah yeah oh man i had a, yeah i had one of the i had several i think i've still got one in my basement somewhere magic eight ball <laughs> those you would shake up and it had a set yeah. number of of answers yeah and and yet well i was gonna tell you something about king and queens again but i'm not gonna go down that road okay. again <laughs> the, the, the ouija board is more like has the alphabet on it
1: yeah and it, yes and, and no
0: yeah, yeah. so but, so
1: I think we do have to be careful like you said we have to understand that we are actually in a spiritual battle and we have to be careful with the things that I, I don't and I don't mean it like playing a board game but the things that we we play with the things we take lightly and I believe when we enter into that kind of thing we are, we are treading lightly with the real spiritual battle that we're in.
0: Yeah. And just a few scriptures to give you Leviticus 19 verse 26 says, you shall not eat anything with the blood nor practice divination or sooth saying, and then you go down to verse 31. It says, do not turn to mediums or spiritists. Do not seek them out to be defiled by them. I am the Lord your God. Yeah. So, so scripture says a few things about, it. let me give you one more, just a, a chapter over chapter 20 in verse 27 says now a man or woman who is a medium or a spiritist shall surely be put to death. They shall be stoned with stones. Their blood guiltiness is upon them. So, I mean, it was something that God took. And if, and if he took it serious, he still takes it serious. And, and apparently that was something that was common among what the Israelites did. And they would, you know, c- kind of like what we would call psychics or things yeah. like that. And they would seek those things out, try to connect with the dead. And God says, stay away from that. Yeah, don't, not don't, don't.
1: And I don't know. I mean, it's, you don't go to fortune tellers. Don't watch the what is it the new jersey medium is that what that show's called that woman got famous because she was talking
0: i i I know who you're talking about i I don't i don't know so
1: he got famous over that i mean that stuff is just silly and and we we just have to be very careful that we don't entertain demons
0: yeah uh one more scripture here out of Deuteronomy 18, and here's a whole section on spiritism being forbidden. It says, when you enter the land which the Lord your God gives you, this is beginning in verse 9, by the way, you shall not learn to imitate the detestable things of those nations. So don't do the things the world is doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> essentially. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire, one who uses divination, one who practices witchcraft, one who interprets omens or a sorcerer, or one who casts a spell or a medium or a spiritist or one who calls upon the dead. And then it goes on the same verse twelve. For whoever does these things is detestable to the Lord. So it's very specific there, and that covers. Yeah. I mean, any of those things we we talked about. So biblically, you should should not play a on a Ouija board, you shouldn't go to a yeah. psychic. Now, how far does that go, though? Does that mean you remember back in the day people read newspapers? They don't do it anymore, but (laughs) the newspaper, you'd you'd have a
1: horoscope in there. Well, here's the thing. Do you believe that God is sovereign in his actions or life is left up to chance? I mean, that's superstition. That's kind of, I mean, that answers that argument for me. Yeah. is you know, we serve a sovereign God who has planned every day from eternity past to eternity present. And I mean, it doesn't leave any room for superstition or horoscope or anything like that. Um,
0: Yeah. And there's some people, what do you think about this? There are some people I know who will plant their garden by the sign of the moon, whatever phase the moon is in kind of a thing. And they're like, Hey, you know, it, it really grows extra good if you do it, Do it like this, just kind of reading
1: the stars. Isn't that kind of like what a farmer, farmer's almanac is? Yeah, yeah, that's in that stuff. I mean, I think that's wisdom. I mean, if you, you're, you're, you are, I I can't imagine that the Israelites or people in antiquity did not do the same thing. You know what I mean? They didn't necessarily have, you know the things that we have. And so they would have to plant by season and moon and, and things like that. I, I just think that's, that's good wisdom. Yeah. So yeah, there hey, hey, you go. I have one every now and again. <laughs> All right. We better get to our last topic because it's a doozy. <laughs> we want to kind of finish up, up this podcast, this episode. Of course it's, it's, it's coming up on Halloween, which I like to call the celebration of the Protestant Reformation, but <laughs> it is coming up on Halloween. How should we as Christians view Halloween? It's a hot, that, brother, this is a hot topic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a
1: hot topic.
0: It is. And if you look for an answer with Christian leaders, I saw just the other day, even before I knew that we were doing this topic tonight, John MacArthur apparently had a Q&A time at his church. People were just getting to ask him questions, and one person asked if Christians should celebrate Halloween, and he, he just simply said no. So he, he's against it. I listened to some random Canadian guy on a podcast today. I, I forget his name, but he, he had some good points. He was yeah. He was against Halloween for Christians. But I'm sure you can find plenty of Christians who are saying, you know, it's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. So you you can't just Google search it and come down with something because you're going to no. get all kinds of di- different answers. So that's why we here at the Halfway Aircast have to give you the definitive answer to help you.
1: And that's that's going to start being our slogan. Is the that definitive? We, yeah, that we only give definitive answers. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> It is a it's a touchy subject. It is a subject that it's a it's a really weird thing to me because it's almost how long ago did churches start like the the trunk or treat thing? That's a new thing, right?
0: Yeah, I, I was well, probably not as new as we think. I mean, okay. it, it's it's new relatively, I, I guess. I was trying to think about that earlier today, and I remember as a young child i'm thinking maybe six six or so Mm -hmm. uh, the the church that i went to we would always have some sort of i don't even know if they would call it a fall festival or or what it would be back then but we would have something where we we wouldn't do it at the church we would go to some i I think it was a school building and uh, we would go there and we would have Games like apple bobbing, people would dress up and things like that. So I I remember that as a kid sometime around Halloween in the church doing something where we're dressing up and getting food and things like that. What a disgusting game, apple bobbing. Oh man, the things that is disgusting. You know what else COVID helped me realize? What's that? Just the, just the practice of people having a birthday. And singing happy birthday and then blowing out the candle on that cake. And then everybody eats the cake. I mean, you're not going to let somebody blow and spit all all over your hamburger. I know. But we just do. I mean, we just. I know. It's weird. Yeah. But yeah, apple bobbing. What a shove your head in a, in a bushel. It's a wonder we didn't drown. And you're supposed to get an apple in your mouth.
1: (laughs) And then somebody follows (laughs) your turn. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. Wow. Well, we need to make a distinction here. Okay. I attended a fall festival at our church last weekend. What? There was nothing. Nobody dressed up. We went on a nice crisp. I didn't. They went on a nice crisp hayride. We had a hot dog roast. Good time had by all. Early in October. Yeah, so not all fall festivals are associated with Halloween. It just likes to bring in the fall of the year. <laughs> so I just needed to give that shout out to Cedar Point Baptist Church and distinction made.
0: <laughs> I can see that because I mean, fall is the greatest season of the year it is. anyway. It so is. I did wear a hooded sweatshirt as well. So, so you did dress up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <I> did. <laughs> anyway, let's. So we we got churches doing trunk or treats. I'm sure there's probably I actually I did see on X and I'm I'm really having a hard time calling it that still, Yeah, that some church somewhere does haunted house. Hmm. They were getting ready for their haunted house. And I mean, that's weird.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, they're well around here. The ones that I've heard of, which I haven't heard the last few years, but they call them judgment houses. Okay. H- have you heard of that before? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's not a haunted house. It's a judgment house.
1: So let's not scare them with ghouls Let's scare them with hell.
0: Yeah. Basically.
1: Uh, Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Different conversation for different day. All right. Let's. So, so Halloween, I'll just tell you what the Ford family does. It's the best thing I know to do. We. So, of course, 11 year old. Two kids out of the house as well. My 11-year-old, I think actually we're going to somebody's house this year, one of her her tennis coaches' house for a just hang out, I think what we're doing. I think she is dressing up as something, but we have rules about what you dress up as. You don't dress up as anything dark. You're not dead. You're not a Dracula. You're not a mummy. You're not a witch. Dress up as something funny. Uh, That's kind of the rules for the Fort House. Good rules. Yeah. One year I dressed
0: up. What did you dress up as?
1: A nerd. It wasn't too hard. (laughs) Uh, Well, no. What happened was our oldest daughter moved out and it was kind of she, her and my daughter always dressed up together. And so younger daughter was in her feelings a little bit. So I surprised her with a nerd outfit when she got home. She was pretty excited about that. I took it off pretty quick,
0: though. But what What do you what give me your thoughts? We have done a few different things over the years. We, you know, when I was a kid, I went trigger treating. Did, did you oh, ever? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, we, you know, but that's the different day. It's a different day. I, I yeah. walked out of my house and didn't come back till midnight. By myself with my brother, yeah. You know, there was no—you didn't have to have parent supervision. You just yeah, that—that that was
0: true. I mean, we would, yeah, we would just walk around the neighborhood, and yeah. I mean, I would dress up as scary stuff when I was a kid. Yeah, um, I did
1: too. I, I was—I think I was Dracula like nine out of ten years or something.
0: <laughs> and until one year, little league football, we had practice that day, and I just came home and. Went out trigger treating as a football player, took my helmet and got candy in my helmet. Good. Oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. Gross. That's pretty <laughs> gross. Kind of like apple bobbing. Yeah. But, you know, so, since we've had kids, we we can't really trigger treat everywhere that we've ever been. We've kind of lived out away from people. So it's yeah, not practical. You one. Yeah. And, but we have gone to places like maybe like maybe the city has a, garage or something where they have a bunch of booths set up and you go around and get candy. We, we've done that. Yeah. We would go to different family members, houses, things like that. As, as you know, years ago, as time went yeah. on, we, we quit doing that. We would still allow them to dress up on, mm-hmm. on Halloween. We would maybe do games at home okay, sometimes and have, have candy and things, things like that. But it was never Halloween's never been a huge deal right. uh, but in our family. But we've we've tried to have fun with it. Yeah. But but that kind of just as I've thought about this, though, I just got to got to thinking, like, when we do that, when we celebrate Halloween. I mean, what are we celebrating? Like, like what's the the purpose?
1: Well, and that's that's kind of how we've talked about it as husband and wife me and natasha is a couple things what are we saying one thing my wife always says to me is we we've got to be blameless that's that's one of her sayings to me and and sometimes because i can I'm, I'm a little quick triggered sometime and she'll always remind me we have to be blameless so so that's always something that we we are thinking about we have to be blameless also, what message are we sending to our kids with the things that we do, the decisions that we make? What kind of worldview are we developing with them? And kind of here's where we landed. And it, it, one thing that happened when I began to pastor at Cedar Point, we were we used Halloween and trick or treating, trick or treating as a tool to go out and spend time with our church. You know, we we drove out there, and I, I live pretty good ways from the church, but we drove out there just to go to everybody's house and to spend time in their home and, you know, to say hi and have conversations. And it meant a lot to them to, to, to be a part of that community on that night. If that kind of makes sense. yeah. Um, we've never just, I, I mean, maybe Ellie has walked around with her cousins, some, if they've came by, but, and we live in a subdivision mm-hmm. and maybe walked up and down the road to our neighbors, but we've never really done the traditional, going out and trick or treating thing. It's just I mean, I, I just to be honest, I don't feel comfortable sending my daughter out, my 11-year-old daughter out to walk around a neighborhood yeah. uh, with a bunch of people I don't know. You know, I just it's not really something I feel good about. <laughs> yeah, def- uh,
0: definitely a different time than yeah. back in the day.
1: But we've always tried to use it. And, and and it's along the lines of what we talked about earlier. We've tried to redeem it in a way where we can use this as a point of ministry. And my my family, my extent, my brother, sisters, mom, and all of them, my mom always has a big chili cook and stuff like that at her house. And so everybody's invited over. And here's probably what happens if Tyler doesn't show up. Well, the Christian's not here. And again, trying to be blameless. <laughs> so, what do we do we go yeah. over there and we hang out for a while i mean it, it, it's not it's like another tuesday for us if that makes yeah. sense you yeah. know we're not we're not celebrating the dead we're not not walking in there like a skeleton or a corpse or a dead pirate or anything like that but we're we're just having a good time and enjoying our family enjoying our friends and and trying to do it that way. I read an article a long time ago on Desiring God. I tried to find it. I couldn't find it. I thought John Piper wrote it, but I guess it maybe he didn't. One of the other people did. But just talked about loving your neighbor, using that using that season as a point to love your neighbor. Even opening your home to your neighbors and things like that. But it is, it's a it's a sticky thing. Is that fair to say?
0: Yeah, it, it is. And I mean, it started. You know, you you can find it pretty easy if you look it up. But it started off with a lot of the Irish and the Celtic people, and yeah, that's your people. Yeah, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> celebrating the 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 dead and yeah. and and the souls kind of kind of coming to out to play and, and things like that. I mean, it was interesting because of the podcast I listened to today. I, I researched some. Didn't even like going to the website, but I went to the uh, Satanic Temple oh, website gosh. today. Okay. Wow. And, well, to to look at their, because they have an official calendar with official holidays. Okay. And I didn't, didn't know about that. Okay. And it's interesting. Some of their holidays, they celebrate February 15th as a day of promiscuity, to put it mildly, which yeah, okay. interestingly is day after, the day after okay. Valentine's Day. Yeah. They celebrate some stuff on April 30th, July 25th, and then, of course, Halloween is one of their official yeah. holidays where they celebrate indulgence, like which you eat as much candy as you can. I mean, that, that's, that's I guess, where that kind of comes from, is just mm-hmm. indulging, embracing the darkness. Interestingly, and I'm going to push the conversation this way just a little bit here, okay. uh, What when do you think their final holiday is for the year? Do you have a guess? Christmas? December 25th. Yeah. Because of its roots in Roman culture and celebrating God's little G, Jupiter, Mars, things like Mm -hmm. that, celebrating the sun. Mm -hmm. So they celebrate on December 25th, which kind of brings me to just want to talk about just a minute. I'll talk about it. We don't don't know when Jesus was born. I mean, we we celebrate christmas not because even the bible tells us to mm-hmm. people didn't really celebrate it that we know of till about 400 years after christ and it kind of became a became a thing that was incorporated because pagans were worshiping that day mm-hmm. and christians to the best of my knowledge tried to kind of redeem it and took it as an opportunity to well let, let's remember the birth of the birth of christ that day the Puritans, they didn't celebrate any holidays. Well, especially. they did.
1: No, they didn't.
0: <laughs> and yeah, Massachusetts, 1600s, they banned Christmas. <laughs> that had a law against it. Yeah. So, what about you know, just thinking about this? What What about Easter? Yeah, I know we,
1: and that's I knew this is where we would end up because you, <laughs> it's it's the it's opening the can of worms is what it is. When you, you begin to talk about Christian liberty and trying to walk that fine line, you get into all the different hairs that you have to split and all the other. The one conversation leaves, leads to a hundred conversations. Yeah, The one thing leads to a whole lot of things. So kind of in my time of ministry and my 41 years of life, my 18, 19 years of being a Christian, balance is key i think balance is the key you can't you can't swerve too far one way you can't swerve too far the other way if if you say you can't watch a suspenseful movie that gives you the you know feeling of terror you know maybe i don't i don't know if that's the right word to say but then there's a whole lot of other things you can't watch what about a football game what about which which is a, a modern day picture of the Coliseum with gladiators. Yeah. Uh, w- what do you do with all this stuff? You know, it just, and, and just like you said, Halloween, well, what about Christmas? What about Easter? What about these other holidays that we have Christianized in a, a very particular way and almost idolized in a, yeah. a real serious way? What, what do we do with all of that? Well, I think it's, it's coming back to balance and, not letting the culture tell us how to do this, but 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 redeeming everything because that's what Christ did. We we redeem these things, and we, uh, you know, I like to. Here's what I like to do. I like to take something that maybe Halloween is is something that can be very satanic. I think we have to admit that, right? Yeah, it, it is something that can be very satanic. I love to take that and, and use it for the glory of God and 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 just almost push it up in Satan's face and say see what see what see what our God can do with this. He can take these things that you've put in where all this evil is and it can be used for your glory and your honor. or yeah. his glory and honor.
0: So, and you, you mentioned something earlier uh, about celebrating the reformation with that and just kind of hit on that a little bit speaking of redeeming it. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> no, November 1st the Catholic church deemed November 1st as all saints day. Yeah. And you know, the the phrase hallowed be thy name means set apart. Holy Mm -hmm. saint is the same kind of word. So all saints day is kind of like all hallows day. And then Mm -hmm. the the day before that October 31st came to be known as all hallows Eve, which is why we call it Mm -hmm. Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about speaking of redemption. Uh, what happened on Halloween, sometime around fifteen, seventeen, or or so? What what happened then? Well, I'll, let me just
1: say this: my dream is that I would dress up myself, my kids, all like Martin Luther one Halloween, and just go out. But you know, that's no one would ever go for that. But <laughs> nonetheless, the Catholic Church, of course, became very corrupt through the Middle Ages and so much so that they were beginning they were beginning to make peasant people buy indulgences. And what an indulgence was was basically just the best way to understand it is if you had a family member that had died and they were in what the Catholics would call purgatory, a place between heaven and hell is not true. That's not true. That's a false gospel that you would pay the Catholic church almost like a tax probably the best way for us to understand it and you would pay that tax and your loved one then if you paid enough would come out of purgatory and and go into heaven there was a leader in the catholic church called john Tensel, and he had a saying that when coins in the offertory ring the souls from purgatory sing so they would leave for purgatory and they were to go to heaven, and so what happened was Luther, Martin Luther, not King, but Martin Luther, the the Protestant one that led the Protestant Reformation, a German monk. He nailed the ninety five theses to the Wittenberg Castle door, which was a church, on October thirty first, and basically flipped the world upside down.
0: Yeah, so. Sometimes you'll hear Christians talk about or refer to Halloween as Reformation Day and that's yeah. that's what it points back to and and that guy that I listened to the podcast the uh the uh, quaint <laughs> Canadian fellow yeah. that did a, did a good job he he actually said that that's what his family does he, he talked about how every year for the whole month of October Ligonier Ministries releases their documentary of the life of martin luther for free for streaming for the month and and his family might watch that or they'll watch the pilgrim's progress movie that things like that and mm-hmm. and maybe he'll do a, a sermon on the five solas some, sometime around then so so that's one thing that that's a very big day in church history oh
1: it's a big day in the history of the world
0: yeah it, it literally changed the world yeah So that's something that as a Christian, we can focus on and remember and reformation, basically instead of paying for somebody to go to heaven, that false gospel, we realize that we are justified by faith alone. And that teaching that gospel was recovered during that time. People started reading the Bible for themselves instead of just listening to to the Pope. So that's that's a huge way to redeem Halloween is to remember how God used that day to, to change the world and help us focus in on the gospel.
1: Right. And you said something there, justified by faith alone. Now, we're coming to the end of our time here. We've actually talked a little long tonight, but, but let, let's close with this, Eric. Tell us what it means to be justified by faith alone.
0: Well, it means that you are put in right standing with God. God has, it's a legal declaration is what that is when God moves you from being a child of wrath, someone who is against him to now someone who is in right standing before him. How does that happen? How does he, as a judge in a court would legally declare it? How does God declare that? Well, he does that by faith. Not his faith, but yours. And we say faith alone because we're not put in right standing with God by our works, our abilities, nothing that we're able to do. It's not our church attendance, our baptism, our church membership, our being a pretty good fellow or anything like that. It's trusting in the finished work of Jesus Christ, having faith in Jesus, who he is the promises he's given us trusting in him and him alone. And some people will say, well, isn't faith a work? Isn't faith something you do? Well, faith is the one thing where you are not depending on yourself at all. This is the one thing where you're saying, I can't do it. I don't have the ability, but I'm trusting in the one who did it for me. So faith is the opposite of, of a work. You're not doing that. And and by the way if you have faith it's it's only by grace that you have it anyway but when God sees your faith if you want to put it that way you express faith in Jesus Christ God declares you in right standing with him based upon his son Jesus Christ and and that expression of faith in him
1: thanks for listening to the halfway there a production of halfway there. Nation.
0: Visit our website, halfwaythereministries.org, where you will find resources to help you follow Christ on your way home, as well as information about how to find us on social media and read our blog.
1: We are serving Christ on
0: our way home and trying to help others on their way. We are halfway there. Whoa, living on a prayer.